0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of On the Circuit, a show where we have conversations that spark innovation. On this week's episode, we are recording live at the Market Council Summit 2022 at a podcast booth sponsored by Halo Investing. I'm your host, Johnny Sanquist, CEO and founder of Three Crowns Marketing. Today, my next guest is Nitesh Verma, the head of partnerships and no the head of enterprise and partnerships for Snappy Kraken. Like it's um, it's a pretty big title because it's a pretty big role. So, Nitesh, you just you just got this promotion, right? So, like, tell us uh, what you do in that role at Snappy.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So. As, you, as some of the audience might know we got a, advisor websites got acquired by uh snappy Kraken in May mm-hmm. uh, of 2022 so as part of that uh you know we're integrating teams and departments and the whole org that way and you know as as uh, recommendations were made to the executive team this is the direction that that made sense and I landed you know I would say in somewhat my my dream spot or the next awesome progression for my career and here we are now as a combined company at snappy crack and it's really exciting heading into 2023
0: awesome that's that's super cool i've i've been friends with the team at snappy for a long time and i'm excited to see how you just help that company continue to grow it's it's really cool to see you you. there so my first question we're gonna talk about a few things mostly with like a look at the 2023 uh first question for you is going to be about the environment in which we find ourselves, right? It's like a recession is looming. We've been in bear markets. Things haven't been super great, yep. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. And in, in when that happens over a prolonged period of time, it's kind of like human nature to get more conservative, right? Like close the hedges and pull back a little bit because you're fearful. Uh And, and with advisory firms, sometimes what that means is they decide to pull back on things like marketing and communicating. Yep. In your opinion, what's the right mindset for an advisor to take when they're in the midst of a recession and they're thinking about, I don't know if I can commit these dollars to marketing now because of this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. And there's so many different ways to look at it, right? So generally speaking, people are a little bit you know, tighter with the wallet being more budget conscious, and some of the risks or you know investments they might have made a couple of years ago, they're they're thinking twice about today. Mm-hmm. But this, as an advisor, this is your time to shine if you really think about it, and communicating with clients regularly, making them feel confident that things are going to be okay, is more important than ever. Mm-hmm. So use this as an opportunity to communicate more. You might want to ramp that up with clients more than ever. Yeah. So they know you're on top of things. They know you're thinking about them. They know that they, they really justify why they work with you and the value delivered deliver for them. Because it's times like this. It's, you know, when markets are on fire, it's it's everything looks great and, and rosy and everyone's happy. But, so happy, yeah. Life is and, easy. <laughs> right? Don't we wish it was always like that, but yeah. this is when you can really shine, right? And mm-hmm. I, I remember reading a couple... Uh, studies and reports before and I apologize I don't remember exactly the source but the number one reason it, clients left their advisor was lack of communication mm-hmm. and it's so ironic because we have more communication tools than we ever did before.
0: It's it's like an unlimited way of communicating with people. Yep. Like you think even 15 years ago like you'd email someone could call them yep. and landlines were still even a thing yeah, back then yeah. um, and that was kind of it. And yeah. So it's, it's like exploded. You're absolutely right. Uh, before you, before I ask you a question about those communication techniques with the whole like recession thing uh, and, and marketing the phrase that I keep thinking of these days is there's that famous quote attributed to Warren Buffett about investing where he says be greedy when others are fearful mm-hmm. be fearful when others are greedy And I think, I think that applies to marketing too. Like when other people are being fearful, get greedy about your communications, and marketing, like everybody else is going to be fearful and pull back. If you go the other way Well, you're just going to, you know, walk right past them, right. And go up. So like, take that mindset, apply to everything you do in your business. That's, that's how I'm going to wrap up that question, but, or that's that conversation. So you mentioned we've got so many techniques now. In order to do that, in order to communicate better with people, what do you think are some of the communication techniques that advisors maybe haven't uh, tried out yet that they need to pay attention to?
1: So we're really uh, big fans of, of text messaging, and I think it's a very untapped channel in this industry. And, you know, of course there's compliance things, you have to be mindful and and all that, but, you know, there's, there's tools and and all that take care of that. Yeah. But if you think about it, um, text message is the most opened medium of communication out there, right? Mm -hmm. The, uh, email, a good email, you get, you know, 30, 50% open rate. Text message is over 90%. Everyone reads your text message. Right. And not only the open rate, but how quickly once received, they also get that. Right. The email they might check, you know, once an hour depends on end of their workday, whatever that looks like. But a text a lot of people see that in almost real time. Yep. And uh it's a very untapped um channel. And I think that advisors can really use that to communicate to clients and also prospects too, right? Like if you have, you know, people in a database or system, but just for your clients, right? And it's anything from Mm -hmm. sending them updates of things going on to booking in your next meeting with them for a client review meeting, things like that. But I really think text messages is is the wave is the future.
0: What do you think is the important way to structure those messages? Because I imagine advisors could like hear this and what goes off in their mind is like, I signed up for text messages from... H&M or something and now I just get sales texts like every day Um, and that's obviously not the client experience that you want to create if you embed texting into your your communications package so like what makes a good text from an advisor because I imagine it's not that strategy where you're pinging somebody with like hey schedule time with me every week yeah
1: so it really depends on on the goal or outcome you're looking for right so if, if you are Here's an example. So maybe you have you segment some clients, a clients and B clients or you know high touch or low touch mm-hmm. then you want to also look at segment maybe by target, market or niche or the type of content things they're looking for, and then sending them things in that style or fashion. So if it's a high touch client, you're probably sending them more frequently, um not saying daily like you know uh, a sales thing, but it's usually educational mm-hmm. material, usually something of value. um and if it's it's a lower touch client, then it's less frequent and it can be maybe a little bit more um general or, or market updates, but the psychological impact of them is they know you're thinking of them at some level. They are hearing from you. You're kind of counseling your mind that you're there. If they need you, they can reach out. Yeah. And it's I think that's really ultimately a big value that comes from marketing in general, but even using text messaging. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think I, I do think it's such a young technique still. And it's one of those things where if an advisor can get in and master it, they probably do really give themselves an advantage. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes yeah, as, yeah. As, as it matures here.
1: It is. And uh, in in conversations that I've been involved with now with different, you know, broker dealers and, and custodians things, they're starting to see the impact that it can have. And don't get me wrong, email's still fantastic. Yeah. Right? It works. Yeah. It's probably always going to work. Like, it, it works. <laughs> um, having a, a, a solid website super important Mm -hmm. still right social you know that's all the the people you know research you on social they want to see what you're about so that stuff still works Mm -hmm. but you know what is the untapped the the new shiny ball i think is really the text message piece
0: okay i agree with you last question before we wrap it's almost a new year unwrap what you are excited for in 2023
1: okay that's a tough one but i'm gonna give two answers if that's okay
0: Two answers is completely Perfect. fine. Let's give the A and the B.
1: Okay. In no particular order. But I think A, um, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, with the acquisition of Advisor websites, Staff kraken, Kraken, um, launching really our combined brand and positioning and how we're going to function as one unit. Mm-hmm. That's coming out early 2023. So super excited with that. And how can I not be excited for the second annual jolt? Last year was my first one. Yes. Um we announced the acquisition then too so there was tons of buzz I've never I've been to I don't know how many advisor conferences that had a different energy altogether yeah Um, and I I, saying this where I've heard that from so many people since that conference so it's a really cool feeling to be a part of that and just seeing this thing evolve and and what uh, the the 2023 edition of it's going to be is really really exciting
0: yeah i can't i'm i'm soaked for yeah. for jolt too yeah. i i was involved in the first one hopefully I'll be involved in the second one too yeah it's a it's a great time if if you're an advisor who wants to level up their marketing game like I can't recommend that event enough it's yeah. it's got a unique place in the industry where it's not another event focused on investing the basic pra- practice yeah. management yeah it's very hands on very educational
1: mm.
0: fully marketing focused it's very good
1: yeah so yeah.
0: all the hype for you guys. Thank you. Go. And
1: and I and it's you're not going to come there and get hammered with snappy cracking product and this and that. That's it's an important point. It's, it's yeah. right. We we are very agnostic. Everyone's welcome. It's very just there to drive value to the value. It's not you're coming to a multi day snappy cracking sales pitch. It's yeah. not at all meant to be that.
0: It's very it was very open. Yeah. Like you guys had all kinds of marketers across the industry there. Yeah. It wasn't like here's a new snappy employee yeah. on stage yeah. every time. Yeah. It was there's people who were competitors with each other on panels together. Yeah. And it was just a very uh friendly open environment. Absolutely. It was really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I dug it. Yes. So, all right. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks Being my you. guest today. I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Hey, this is Johnny Sanquist, the CEO and founder of Three Crowns Marketing. We're taking a quick break before we get to interview number two, so I can introduce you to who we are at Three Crowns. We're a full-service marketing partner for high-level service professionals, and we get to launch, scale, and grow unforgettable brands that are changing the world through technology and advice. So whether you need an updated brand, new website, ongoing marketing support, or you want to launch a podcast, we have got you covered no matter what you want to do. And that's all I'll say about us for right now. You can check us out on threecrownsmarketing.com and let's get to interview number two. My guest today is Spencer Siegel, the CEO and founder of Actify. Spencer, thanks for being here.
2: Yeah, my pleasure. Excited to be here today.
0: Yeah, so we're, we are live from Market Council Summit right now. Uh, And a big topic of discussion, as always, is what are the technology trends for advisory firms, both uh, REAs with a couple of advisors, all the way up to enterprise institutional type of tech deployments. And then how can all these different types of firms in the space be using that tech better? So that's some of the things that we're going to get into today with our conversation. So Let's start off with a, a macro look. What are the trends in the industry that are grabbing your attention right now?
2: Well, the, the three trends that you know being talked about a lot, and I think are really spot on, are the whole client experience and advisor experience (CX or AX) in the case of advisor experience, mm-hmm. integration, and effective utilization. I think the, the the biggest trend I'm seeing is that the capabilities and options and optionality choices available to advisors has never been greater yet their ability to take advantage of those things to drive real business impact that gap is growing not shrinking
0: mm. um ax and cx is an interesting topic to me is it a little bit of a chicken and egg situation like which one needs to come first for yeah, the health of a business
2: it's a it's a great question and there's there isn't one right answer Uh, But my belief is you need to really, if the primary relationship model you have is an advisor-driven model, then the advisor experience drives the client experience. So if I had to prioritize them, I would prioritize advisor experience first because it's an input into the client experience. But in Reality, you really need to run both concurrently, and they and create feedback loops from the advisors. You know when they're getting feedback uh, from clients in terms of that the experience and what's working and what's not. That becomes a real input to help firms prioritize that advisor experience. Mm-hmm.
0: With the um, with the tech stack selection specifically, when you're balancing AX and CX, how do you talk to the clients that you serve about considering? both of those sides when they're when they're choosing their tech, right? Because all tech, not all tech has necessarily a CX element. Like there's some tech like portals, obviously, that yeah. directly touch clients. And then there's other tech uh, that maybe is more, you know, fall on the AX side because it's used by advisors in the back end and doesn't directly touch clients, but indirectly will still influence the CX, right? Like through, like you said, the advisor relationship. Mm. So how do you balance out uh, just prioritizing and looking at how tech suits both of those needs.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I would zoom out to start with what are the business objectives of the organization? Is it about growth? Is it about employee experience? Uh, you know, is it about client experience? Is it about um, really streamlining operations. There's a lot of different business objectives. So what I would suggest is you, and and those are moving targets. The, the objectives in 2023 may not be identical to 2022. Obviously there'll be a high degree of overlap, but Mm -hmm. you begin by really understanding what does success look like for our firm What's most improvable, and then how do we leverage the technology to get to that business outcome? So the the business objectives should be driving that prioritization. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, you said just now leveraging technology, and one of one of the ever present questions for firms is how do we leverage this tech best? How do we utilize it to its uh, greatest maximum benefit. And how do you guide firms through that process to make sure that their utilization is as high as it can be?
2: Yeah, utilization is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And it's uh, something I spend a fair amount of time on. So on there's sort of the bottom up view and the top down. And really, the right answer is both. They, they uh, On the bottom up, it's really understanding the workflow. It's it's understanding in context because advisors don't or users don't think, hey, I'm coming to use technology. They think about what are they trying to accomplish? I need to prepare for a client meeting. I need to follow up from a client meeting. I need to you know, update uh, a financial plan. So they think of the task that they have at hand. So the, the step 1 is just really creating clarity on how the technology is going to either increase the quality of that experience, reduce the time and effort required, um or automate in some cases. So that's sort of the bottom up. The top down view, and this is what this is what firms tend to do a relatively poor job of, which is actually looking at the data are are we using this if we are using it is the business impact that we're looking to have occurring and um i spend a lot of time training leaders of firms and larger institutions of what well, how do you look at the data like what does that look and feel like and the yeah. good news is much of the technology solutions provide dashboards and reporting upon you know, who logged in, what was being used, when it was being used, et cetera. And it really comes down to four questions. Mm-hmm. I use this framework consistently. Um, what is the actual usage? versus the target Mm -hmm. if we have one. And then sometimes it takes a little time to establish the target. So maybe in the initial period of looking at the data from a leadership down, hey, are we effectively utilizing our technology? We don't necessarily have a a target, but we, we do want to set one at some point. So what's the actual usage versus target? Question number one. Question number two, is this on or off track? Are we using it effectively or are we not? Is it meeting our expectations or is it not? And question three, is if it's not on track and we're not satisfied with the value we're getting in the uh, utilization level, what's our plan to fix it? Mm -hmm. And question number four is, did we honor the commitments we made since the last time we looked at the data? So it's just a very simple, but not so easy four part framework uh, that a leader can use to really understand where they are and are not effectively utilizing their technology to drive the business outcomes and the client advisor experiences that they're hoping to achieve. Mm. So
0: talking about data, obviously such an important part of this whole technology process, no matter where you're, where you're at, having an understanding of that data is critical. And one of the conversations I've been having recently is about the important importance of a data warehouse and a phrase that i'm seeing increasingly come up is the idea of the single source of truth and i would imagine i you know i know that you guys are are very influential in that enterprise space and Mm -hmm. i would imagine that that uh guiding firms in how to approach their data maybe with a data warehouse approach is is probably something that you guys are are doing quite a bit so i'm interested to get your take on just the applicability of the idea of a data warehouse and and how firms who maybe have a discombobulated stack right
2: now would move into that more unified approach to their data sure yeah the the challenge when it comes to data warehouses is that you know everybody uses that term but has a little bit different definition of what what does that mean exactly and more importantly so what, what am I going to do if I get all my data clean and you know, single source of the truth and all that, what's going to be different in my business versus today? So first I'll dispel uh, the myth that, that nobody, I've yet to meet a client that would say, that they have a true single source of truth in a data warehouse and all the data is clean and accurate and easy to report on. It's it's a moving target. And there's one and only one way to get better, and that's to look at the data. I think the there's too much time and energy spent to piping things in and being able to generate reports and not nearly enough time spent on, okay, so what? We we have this data. Who's looking at it? When are they looking at it? What are they trying to do with it? And the way you fix the imperfect data that we all have is you look at it in context. You ask qu- ask questions, identify the gaps, and then fix them because you have to have the why. Why, why, why am I going to spend the time, energy, and money going in here to get this nice and clean and accurate? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with it? Yeah. How is that going to help my firm grow? How is that going to help uh my firm deliver a better client experience? How is that going to help me make more money? Most firms mm-hmm. don't do a great job of answering those questions first. Cuz listen, you get I would rather as an example, I'd rather have be in a firm that has a less than perfect data warehouse with some missing data elements that's that's far from perfect but is Being effectively utilized to drive critical business decisions that are leading to growth, profit and client experience versus another firm that spent a ton of money on the back end has really clean has 352 reports that are really good that people aren't using effectively and they can't point to how having these reports and having this data has made a meaningful impact on their business. We just assume, well, if we got the right report, we got the data that will magically translate into human behavioral change. And I can Mm -hmm. assure you it does not.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not a field of dream situation, right? Like your, your reports don't magically improve the company. Um, and your processes. Yeah. You I, I look at action. our,
2: I mean, I look at our reports. We, we have a Salesforce CRM and not, you know, we generated tons of reports and most of them deliver no value. The only ones yeah. that deliver meaningful value are the ones that I look at and I block time on my calendar and I have agendas that are dashboard driven and we actually look at the data and we fix it right then, right now. So if I want to have accurate forecasting of data in my weighted pipeline, the data has to be accurate. Well, how do I know it's accurate? Well, I look at it, and then when I see things that don't make sense, I ask the person who owns that opportunity, gee, the close date was last week. Did this close? No, it didn't. Well, then it's probably not accurate. No, it's not accurate. Well, how about you fix it right now? Because we're not going to walk out of this room until you and I are aligned on what a reasonable close date is. Mm, Yeah. All
0: right, Spencer, let's say a firm is listening and they want to have a discussion about data with you. What's the best way to get in touch with Actify?
2: Uh, You can come to our website uh, or just email me, Spencer, S-P-E-N-S-E-R, a little bit unique that way, at A-C-T-I-F-I. There
0: we go. All right, everybody. Spencer, thanks for being my guest today. Appreciate the
2: chat. My pleasure.